0: unzip that monogrammed faux leather Bible-carrying case and cover, pull up a chair, and let's dig in. Well, we're going to dip into everybody's favorite story, Jonah and the mm-hmm. big fish, except we're going to skip all that stuff about the fish because that's not what it's yeah. about. And then we're going to go we're on to first Corinthians. Things. Do you want to do this, Jake? Ah uh,
1: sure, and then first Corinthians chapter seven, verses twenty-nine to thirty-one, Mark chapter one, verses fourteen to twenty. And uh last week we were joking this is the longest same old song ever. Today quite might possibly be the shortest same old song ever. That's right, so, we're just gonna anyway. get in there.
0: Tell you what to say. G- no, banter. give me the, the, the nuggets. We're doing fine. We're doing fine. Okay. Anyway, and by great. the way, this is for St. Alban's Waco and many churches. This is Sunday, January twenty-first. Will be your annual meeting Sunday. So don't preach too long. Have a good annual meeting. We'll say a prayer for mm-hmm. your vestry elections and all that stuff. Um, may there be no hecklers or nominations mm-hmm. from the floor. Uh, so let's get into this. Jonah chapter three, one through five, <clears throat> skipping six, seven, eight, nine, and then ten. Mm-hmm. And this is, again, in the season of Epiphany, all about revealing who God is and with a special – kind of emphasis on God being for outsiders and unexpected people and God showing up in unexpected places. We talked about the Nazareth principle last week. And that sort of applies here in this reading uh, from the book of Jonah, where, and don't get wrapped around the axle, whether it's a parable or whether it's a history book or whatever, Just, just tell the story straight as it is. And here we have Jonah, this reluctant prophet being told to go to Nineveh, which he doesn't want to do, the reason why this, uh, you could say something about the fact that in verse 1 of chapter 3, the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. That's grace right there, because the first time, Mm -hmm. Jonah didn't want to hear it, and he ran the other direction. So, this is a god of second chance. It's like me;
1: I tend to need to hear it like about four or five.
0: Yeah, quite right. possibly twenty. So <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. And so, so he he goes to Nineveh on something the something. I'm chance. still listening.
1: I'm like, really, Lord, is that you? Is that so. I don't?
0: You're, the line is breaking up. It's a bad connection. I don't speak, I don't Lord, for your servant still listening. <laughs> yes, maybe this time. So he goes to Nineveh, and the message was repent. And the important thing to know: Nineveh is a full a city full of Gentiles. They're not people mm-hmm. who follow the God of Israel, and They're, Israel's
1: Israel's worst enemy.
0: Yeah, and he's saying, go to these people and tell them Jesus loves them. Uh, Yahweh loves them. And so yeah. uh, he goes. He then on the second chance uh, ministry, he goes and he tells them. You know, repent, return to the Lord, He'll forgive you, And but it's if you don't, it's going to be bad news bears. Um, mm-hmm. But they hear it. They do repent. They turn to the Lord, and as we see in verse 10, God changes mind. He doesn't bring their calamity on them, and He offers grace. And so, there's a story here about, um, uh, about the grace of God for unexpected people and unexpected places, and how often a call to repent is not some judgmental, uh, buzzkill, but an invitation to, to freedom and to a new life of, um, of rest, uh, and so that's the that's what Jonah offers them. They they take them up on the message. Uh, it gets even more interesting after that with Jonah's response it. to that.
1: Yeah. And uh, yeah, and I think that really that's the epiphany in this particular uh, reading is is that God um, yet while we were still sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Do not think that God is slow as some count slowness, quote Peter, but uh, God is patient, wishing that no one would perish. Uh, God loves his enemies, and uh, God. Um, uh, God comes after them and desires to make them um, His children, um, and so this is uh, uh, and His children not just because hey you know we're all children of God, but because of His Son Jesus, um, who um, uh, lays His life down for His enemies as well, and so um, uh, very powerful. And uh, I mean, I think that's the that's the
0: Epiphany. And do do point this at Jesus too? Like, yes. When it says you that God to. didn't bring about the calamity, God sending Jesus Christ, uh, the second person of the Trinity, the Son of God, uh, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. When when the incarnation happens at Christmas, which is something that's still fresh on the minds of your of your congregation. Um, that is God um, not bringing calamity. That's God bringing grace, undeserved, just like for the people mm-hmm. of Nineveh who had no idea what they were doing. Absolutely. Um, God still shows up for them. So make sure you don't make this just about, oh, wasn't that interesting a long time ago when Jonah did this thing? Make it about Jesus Christ for your people mm-hmm. today. Um, yeah. and, the, and you can tie it into yeah. the
1: book of Hebrews. Uh, Christ before the foundations of the world was slain, and so That's right. you know. And uh,
0: this is always this is
1: operating proleptically. So oh, anyway, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter seven, verses twenty-nine to thirty. Look uh, at us, just
0: blazing out. in under five wow. minutes. We've dispensed with the first reading, and now we're <laughs> on to the second. Let's get into the epistle, and don't don't purr again, Jake. I feel like that was inappropriate. Uh, okay, right. one more time. <laughs> Not going to no. do it now that Jake's okay. Jonah so anyway. got a second time, but not, not Jake's purring. Okay, first Corinthians seven. Yeah, okay. I mean, brothers and sisters, that's the after it. I mean, brothers and sisters, the appointed time has grown short from now on. Let even those who have wives be as though they had none. Now, that doesn't mean what you think it means. Um, (laughs) Oh, man. And those who mourn as though they were not mourning, and those who rejoice as though they were not rejoicing, and those who buy as though they had no possessions. Um, the the, The whole point of this is he's saying that there are a lot of things that concern you in your life. Uh, your domestic relationships, your internal emotional life, uh, your job, your material possessions, yeah, your career, all those things. And this is where he's saying um, that is all passing away. Everything that is stressing you out right now, as important and meaningful as it is, it's all ending. And it, yeah. this is a massive zooming out because, again, as we saw last week, the Corinthians are this early Christian church are coming to Paul with all these questions about what about this? Can we do this? And can we do that thing? And how far it's like those old youth group questions you would ask your youth pastor, like, okay, can I get to second base? Or like, what's okay. Or, or people that are, that want to know, you know, how much should I tithe? Is that pre-tax or after tax? Or, you know, all these questions about how we live and all the things that consume, how do we good be good parents? How, you know, all this stuff. He's saying those things are important and good questions, but it's all passing away. This is all temporary. To me, that is a great um, word um, to put things in perspective, and to I think gives me sort of a sigh of relief that God ultimately will work things out. And everything you're stressed out now, you very soon will not be stressing about because That's you such, will be in Such eternity. a good
1: word. Such a good word. And uh, you know, we need that. Uh, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, I think. We can get so consumed in the wreckage of the future and uh, what's going on that um, we forget about today. And we forget that. And, and actually, I think what oftentimes happens is and and Paul is writing this from a perspective that like Jesus could be coming back any second, you know, and indeed we should be. We're preaching as if Jesus could be coming back any second as well. Amen. And so, but what happens is, is that we we actually, and this is to fall asleep, uh, to use Pauline language, I mean, we forget that, like, that Jesus is coming back and uh, yep. we forget that he's the one who cares for us. I mean, I tell you, man, I mean, you know it. You've had to fix an old building and I live in two old buildings and trying to fix them. And it is really, you know, you're like, what's going on? And it is really easy to be consumed by all of the different things and all of the different organizations and all of the different um, responsibilities and forget that, man, um, you're a beloved child of God. And, uh, and remember, the uh, point of time has grown short and uh jesus is is coming back and he's for you and uh, yeah. that's what it's all about this is all yeah. i mean i'm reminded of that i've been in my same church now for 18 years God. and uh, the rector for about 12 and a lot of the stuff i fixed is now breaking <laughs> <laughs> you know you're just like what didn't we should have left that? four years ago yeah i know and they're like right before years COVID, ago. that was the perfect time <laughs> that was the man that was my cue mm. but i missed it but anyway uh, just kidding everybody who's listening um The uh, point is, is that everything is passing away, but there is one thing that's not passing away, and that is God's
0: word in Jesus.
1: And God's word in Jesus is that no matter what is happening, he's totally for you and will never leave you or forsake you.
0: Yeah, the um, this this, I love how specific this passage gets. He talks, because Paul knows the people he's writing to. And so he knows the people that are stressed about their wives and their husbands. He knows the people that are mourning and why they're mourning who they've lost. He knows why they're rejoicing. And <laughs> basically, it's an invitation to do what T.S. Eliot says, to care and not to care. To hold yeah. things loosely, um, it's, it's not saying be indifferent or insensitive to your spouse or don't mourn anybody. He, he's just saying like everything that you're in right now, it is real, but it is temporary. Um, and so it's it's a very Buddhist kind of idea. This this um, letting go of things. Jake just grimaced. Let the let the listeners <laughs> understand. Um, <laughs> uh, don't worry. You know I'm not to no, anything. I'm, uh, yeah, Unitarian. but. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah it's it's hold things loosely uh and and yeah i take great comfort in this yeah uh whatever happens in your annual meeting that too is passing away your church is passing away your congregation is passing away you are passing away and the truth is
1: is the beautiful thing about this is that your death is already behind you and Mm -hmm. so um that's I think oftentimes when we're holding on to these things uh um uh we forget that our death is behind us. And so uh, we can live, um, we can live as, you know, because Jesus is coming to get us and he cares for us.
0: Yep. All right, Mark 1 14 through 20. Very beginning of Mark's gospel, almost very beginning of Mark's gospel. And uh, there's always a lot of immediately in Mark. And this is going to be the gospel that you're camped out in for a lot of 2024. Um, So there's, you know, get used to this breathless tone that Mark sets of just doing this and then immediately that and then immediately this. So John the baptizer is arrested. uh, you don't get the whole story here, so if you want to explain that to your congregation, you can tell them who that was and why he was arrested. Uh, Jesus' cousin for for saying um, that maybe um, the political people uh, in power were not <laughs> a little corrupt and uh, in a marriage they shouldn't be in and. Anyways, it's a long story. It's it's very soap opera y, but Jesus comes to Galilee, and so now John, as he said, he has decreased, and um, and Jesus is increasing. So his ministry is beginning. He begins the good news. The time was fulfilled. So um, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. And this is very much uh, what we're getting in Jonah. Like you got you got a second chance. Like. Uh, God has come to you and he is not angry. He's come to offer you forgiveness. He's come to offer you grace. Um, and uh, and just like last week, we had Jesus inviting people to follow him, Philip and Nathaniel. Here we see him doing the same with Simon, uh, who was uh, also known as Peter, St. Peter, and Andrew. And they're in the midst of fishing, their job, their day job, and Jesus says, follow me. There's another thing here like we saw last week with Samuel, the calling of Samuel. Samuel's this kid asleep at his workplace, uh, the tabernacle, and God calls him. He's not on a retreat. He's not walking a labyrinth. He's not just completed a major juice fast. He is um, asleep. And here, Simon and Andrew, Peter and Andrew are just fishing. They're doing their job. And Jesus calls them. So there's more kind of Nazareth principle here. There's God coming. And um, some people love Richard Rohr. Some people have mixed feelings about Richard Rohr. But Richard Rohr does quote, um, I think someone else said this, but he's he's widely known as being kind of the current popularizer of this understanding. And it's true that God comes to you disguised as your everyday life. And... Um, God, it's another way of saying the Nazareth principle. God works in dark, difficult, normal, mundane places. Um, And so that's something that's going on here, uh, that God comes to you in your ordinary life. But if I were preaching this, I think what I would say mostly is that first verse, verse 14 and 15, the kingdom of God has come near. Um, God is near you. That's already a gracious move by God to come near you at the beginning. He's not saying I'm far away and I'm up on this mountaintop. You better climb this mountain and get climb your spiritual ladders to get to me. He says, No, I've already I've already come to you and and here I am. Yeah.
1: I think uh, you know, I always remind myself that if this was fake news, um Jesus would have called um, professional rabbis. He would have gone to Judea and to Jerusalem, to the best schools, um, to get the best uh, in the rabbinic tradition to follow him. Uh, but because um, rabbis were picky about their disciples. And this guy picks fishermen. So right away, this should um, uh, catch everybody's attention. Um, and I just, you know, I I I like fishing. I don't know if you've ever gone fishing, but uh, I— before the pandemic, I went with some pastors um, out on Long Island, and these guys weren't just pastors uh, and fishermen. They were like hunters. Uh, they had apps that followed like the courses of the moon and uh, the currents of like the Long Island. I mean, they knew exact. And then there was one time we were out on the banks, and they were like, shh, shh, shut up, shut up. And I was like, what's going on? Because I was out there talking. And there were some other dudes. You were praying like, in a loud voice. No, there were other guys like up on a bridge trying to scope out our spot and they were like freaking out. But these are like serious, serious, serious guys. Fishermen. Maybe too And, serious. Uh, but it, if all of a sudden like it was like, I was like, hey guys, let's go where I know how, like I have a few spots, they probably would have all looked at me like I was an idiot. You know what I mean? Hey, cast your rod out one more time. Like give me a break. You know what I mean? These, uh, these, they're, these guys knew what they were doing. And, uh, and the kingdom of God, as you said, it came to them. And when the kingdom of God came to them, it told them something, uh, that, uh, uh that they had no idea, uh, would blow their mind away. And what blew their mind away was that they were in the presence of the Lord himself. Mm. And uh, from that, he says, follow me and I will make you fishers of people. And really to be a fisher of people means you really care about folks. You know what I mean? You actually Mm. care about them and you care about their salvation. And they did follow him. And uh, eventually, you know, once again, if this was fake news, they would have been heroes the whole time. But we see that these disciples were a total mess, But then on the day of Pentecost, they're touched by the Holy Spirit and, uh, And they started casting their nets over with the gospel. They started casting their nets over with uh, bread and wine and waters of baptism and uh, sharing this good news of Jesus, this great commission with all who would hear it. And uh, it continues to come to us today. And all of us caught in that same gospel net, um, uh, share the good news with which has been given. And uh, we follow Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. And surprisingly, he makes us, you know, unworthy weirdos people who wouldn't be able to find fish if it saved us he makes us fishers of people as well
0: speak for yourself i'm not a weirdo yeah uh i want to add one little other sermon um uh outline you could use if you want to preach this way in mark 1 14 to 20 and it does tie in in the corinthians passage as well uh you notice that Simon and Andrew and then also James and John in this passage, they are in the midst of certain things that many people think defines them. So many mm, people think good. their job defines them. Simon and Andrew yeah. are – Oh, many people think they're time. Many people think their hometown defines them. They're from Capernaum. They live near the Sea of Galilee. Uh, that's where they are. They're, so their physical location, their professional location, as well as um, their family location, James and – and uh, John are with their dad, Zebedee, in the boat. So, it's a family business. Um, So, job, family, and your geography, your personal history, all those things people tend to think that's what defines them, where they went to college and what they do for a living and, you know, whatever. All these identifiers. And what repent and believe the good news means that Jesus says at the beginning is to Leave the idea that those things define you, those external things define you. Instead, believe the idea that the grace of God has come to you and you are now defined by your identity of being a child of God by what Jesus has done for you. So this leaving of stuff is leaving things that we think define us but actually don't. And coming into Jesus Christ, who now is the one who defines us, we are redeemed, we can rest, we are accepted, we're worthy and beloved children of God because of Jesus has done for us, which is why you can have the attitude in 1 Corinthians that Paul talks about, as, uh, um, you know, I have this, I have my possessions, I have my marriage, I have whatever, my emotions, whatever, I have those things, but but I also don't have those things. I, I'm letting go, this world is passing away. So that kind of letting go that kind of freedom and rest comes from believing the good news that Jesus has redeemed you, loved you, saved you, and you are in him and he is in you. And you can let go of all that other external stuff that doesn't define you, which is a good, good word uh, Really good um, in the new year. Um, so that's, that's your final little nugget in this. Uh, I think we're getting in under 20 minutes. So we have redeemed our loquaciousness from last, uh, last week. So in the pulpit, don't be loquacious. Uh, be awesome. (laughs) Like Jake. Be a fisher of men. That's
1: true. So anyway, a fisher of persons. I'm sorry. So anyway, um, well, Hey everybody, happy preaching and we will, uh, see you next week. Peace out.